Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 267, Responding to the Call. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host. Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world. It's good to be back with you and thank you for joining me. And due to my recent journey and visit to the sperm whales in the Azores, I was reminded again by our guide of just how important it is for them to be able to communicate across vast distances and how that maintains their community, their pod like structure and how that ability for us to hear those sounds are often diminished by all the noise, either in our heads or all around us. As we were bobbing around in the waves out in the Atlantic, we saw that the sperm whale needed to go into the waters, have a shallow dive, because there was so much noise on the surface, they couldn't hear each other. And then they would come up again, and you would see that because of that shallow dive, it wasn't that they could see each other, but they could hear the clicks and they started to come together until, as I say, five or six of them were swimming around us. And this ability for us to hear these sounds, not just as a community, but from within ourselves is so important. To hear the call of our soul, the call of our heart, and often there is so much noise going on in both our own heads and in the environment that we kind of get diminishing information coming in from that deep soul until we take time away. Or I might say the noise inside becomes so loud we cannot not hear it. I imagine you've all had those moments where some chaotic experience or some crisis takes place and you go, okay, I'm listening, I'm listening. And that's what's happening now. And so during this podcast, I want to talk a little bit about the whales, a little bit about vibration and, and how they communicate and some of the disruptions that have been going on. And then I want to move on into our own ability to hear our inner voices and what is really happening now as the inner voice or the call of our soul or the call of our higher self is really getting very loud because we are at such a turning point in our evolution that whatever you thought you came here to do is the past. Now is the time that you're bringing together all your experiences, all your wisdom, all your knowing, not just from this life, but for many lives, many different aspects of your knowingness. And it is over these next couple of months, especially, that the call is going out to say, listen at the highest level you can, because now your job is starting. Now the purpose for you being on earth is coming. And we will finish this podcast with a meditation to try and help us all to meet up with the parts of us that are calling us to be able to hear their call, just as the whales could hear each other across vast distances of the ocean. So let's just start with the ocean. And I was pleased to hear that the Danish company 
who were planning to actually uh, to embed wind turbines into the ocean off the New Jersey coast have actually decided not to do that anymore. Now, of course, they all say it's got nothing to do with the fact that many whales of many species were actually being killed or destroyed, and we don't know why, so I'm not going to go out there into a fact-checking world, but we do know that the number of whales that were dying had increased since they were testing out these wind turbines within the ocean. And I'm really pleased that they've pulled out and said, we're not going to do this anymore on this coastline. Now, at the same time, you may know that we've had tremendous problems with the golden eagles, the, the hawks, the owls, all dying around wind turbines, somehow not being able to either hear the blades or somehow being disrupted or they're dis disorientated by the energy of the blades. Now, I know just going back a little bit that there was a time where the Navy were sending extremely low sound waves into the oceans that my friend Joan Ocean fought against because we do know that the whales and the dolphins were experiencing bleeds into their brains, bleeds into their eardrums because of these low frequency sound waves. So this is not a mythology, this is known. They have done autopsies on these animals and seen that low frequency sound waves have an effect, physical effect, by bursting blood vessels. But we also know that they also have an effect on the migratory patterns, the ability to be orientated to the usual magnetic field which many animals and birds follow. And so Joan Ocean and others, you know, protested and it was stopped for a while and then it was taken up by the British government, and then it was taken back into the US government. But this knowledge that we have about extremely low frequency sound waves, I think we need to now apply to the wind turbines. And I remember when I was studying sound that it was seen that very low frequency sound waves actually were disruptive. In other words, I remember there was a research study done where they applied very low frequency sound waves in a laboratory and all the, the materials or all the different equipment all burst, literally destroyed, was destroyed. So we know that low frequency sound waves have an effect. And we can hear from 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. And obviously many of the animals, especially the whales and dolphins, all can hear far beyond that, as do dogs and cats. But these low frequency sound waves are known as infrasound that we know are being produced by the wind turbines are within this range of 20 to 200 hertz, which is very low, considering we can hear at 20,000 hertz. And so I have been researching the different studies that have been carried out, and they have found that it has a lot to do from a hearing point of view with the fact that uh, if the noise is very loud, decibel-wise, 
that this causes a problem. So they've found ways to quieten the decibels, the noise of these wind turbines, but they're doing very little to, to understand what is the effect of the vibratory patterning or vibratory uh, influence on both our physiology and on the earth. In other words, the earth's being shaken or the ocean's being shaken, as is our body. And I remember driving through the wind turbine farm, if it's called that, uh, in Palm Deserts. And some of you might have been around a lot of wind turbines all at one time. I've never felt so disorientated and somewhat depressed as I drove through this. But this hum that was not audible as such, but I could feel it in my body. I could feel it in my psyche. And so I looked at what studies have they done? And they have looked at what is the effect on people who live by wind turbines. And somewhere like Taiwan, where they have a lot of wind turbines, they've done a lot of studies and other places as well. And they found that even some kilometers away, some miles away, people are affected, especially if they live in houses which are concrete or where the windows are closed, where there's no movement of air. So it, it almost like the vibration is affecting or is affected by the concrete or by these airtight windows. And what are those disturbances? Well, they've seen a lot of them are sleep disturbances, people feeling they're dizzy. Um, someone described it as being in, constantly in an elevator going up and down. Uh, irritation, annoyance disorientation, confusion, and physiologically, they've shown it also affects the heart rate variability. Now, this is to do with the fact that your heart rate doesn't always stay at the same level. So in other words, sometimes that heart rate will be slightly different and I don't want to necessarily go into the physiology of it, but just to say that having a heart rate that changes over time, depending on your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system, is healthy. In other words, when you're stressed, it should go up a bit, and when you're relaxing, it should go down. But the damage comes when there isn't that variability. And that really means that you are no longer reacting or in a parasympathetic or relaxation way, you're just staying tense all the time. So what they found where there's lack of heart rate variability, you're actually living in a stress state. And that puts an influence on your heart and your, on your brain, all the blood vessels, et cetera, and probably on other metabolic systems as well. So, I think that we are a long way from understanding the physiological effects of vibration on our body. Although these studies that I'm sharing with you, I hopefully go a long way. It's not about what we can hear, it's what we can feel. And the more psychically sensitive we are, the more our own vibrational frequency will be altered by any type of vibration that is continuous, be it a wind turbine, a, you know, a noise from traffic, etc. These things need to be looked at because it's, yes, high frequency bothers us, but low frequency is destructive. And I think that we are also a long way to understanding how we interact with the magnetic field of the earth. Just as I am you know, starting to understand, 
it's both visually and auditorily that animals are able to follow the magnetic field, the dragon lines, the ley lines. But we're also doing the same thing. How do we feel these things? And what we're recognizing that it possibly has something to do with the magnetite in our pineal gland. It possibly has something to do with our eyes, has to do with our cerebellum. But all of that is still just circumstantial. And people aren't actually studying our migratory patterns, how we relate. And I think that's study that needs to be done. And I think that the whales and the dolphins, the ant, the birds, the eagles are showing us that we can't just keep shaking the land or doing anything to the land without it having an effect both on us physiologically, psychologically, and to those beings around us. We live all together in this world. And this takes me, therefore, to this next step of my podcast today, which is how do we listen? And what we know is that there is a huge orientation piece within our pineal or pineal gland that links to the crown chakra, that links to our higher self. And the many systems such as fluoride and other, uh, other chemicals that we've taken into our body, <laughs> whether we knew it or not, have caused disruption to that pineal gland and therefore caused disruption to our ability to orientate ourselves. Because we know that people who have a more calcified pineal gland, often due to fluoride in the, in the water or aluminium or various other things, are more likely to find themselves unable to follow a map, unable to orientate themselves. They say, oh, I'm really bad at direction. And we're now recognizing that often is caused to some problem with the pineal gland. But there's also an orientation of our soul, isn't there? This, this sense of what is right, what is true. I've talked before about an inner knowing. I just know I need to do this. But how often that becomes so distorted by all the other noise in our heads. You've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. And in the end, almost what we heard has now been diminished to pea size and we don't do anything at all. As I say, I've found that everybody is psychic, but very few people follow through on it. And what we usually do is find excuses or we look for verification. Can you prove to me that this is right? Now, wait, let me wait for another response. Let me ask for another question. And we never move. And what I was saying earlier was that it feels that we are at really an important time. And some of you may have noticed this. And I'm going to bring some of the astrology in just so I can talk about different features that are in, in hand at the moment. So we have now Pluto going forward again in Capricorn, right at the end of Capricorn. Capricorn being, yes, about institutions, corporations, but it's also about responsibility. So Pluto in Capricorn has always been about what is my responsibility? What is my duty? What is my service? What, what's the plans I've made? So at this time, all of us are being challenged by what are the plans that you put in place to say, this is the way my life is going to go. If you've got anything in Capricorn in your chart, it's going to be heightened. So what is the plan that you have? 
What did you say? This is my mission statement. This is my purpose. My purpose for being here on the planet, save the planet, save people. Because I'm going to say to you, you need to tear up that plan. Or that plan may be diminished by really the much bigger plan that wants to be played out. So this time until now, until the middle of January, with Pluto ending its journey through Capricorn, which was a very long journey. Yes, it will go back for a very short time, but very short now. It's really saying, what is the bigger plan? What is my responsibility? What am I needing to respond to? Just like the whales. What is the call that's going out that I need to hear? And it may be that it's just to do things differently. It may not actually be you know, you're going to leave a job or do something, but it's, it's like, I can't not do this. And because Pluto is going to move into Aquarius, and Aquarius is about seeing the bigger picture, working with community, bringing in new ideas, being unique, being unattached to small problems, but really saying, I'm doing this for the good of my beingness and my, my family, whatever. It's really asking us to step up beyond anything we've ever known. And I'm saying that is beyond even the fact that you care for your family or you care for your partner, you care for, for the planet. When Pluto goes into Aquarius, we are really needing to be star people. We're needing to remember that we are not just here as humans getting through a life, whatever that means. We're here as amazing star beings, and it's time for us to play that part. Because what's inside our DNA is awakening, as I've said. And that awakening, because of the cosmic energies coming into our planet, that awakening is causing us all to say, hang on a minute, I didn't just need to listen to the small voice about how I'm going to get through and, and what's going to happen in this earth. I now need to listen to this big voice. And it might be nothing changes. You know, you might say, well, I'm not hearing anything. Well, just keep doing what you're doing then. But remember my, my message, always say, if I am not doing what is in harmony with my soul, close all the doors now. Use the universe as a means of changing or checking in with yourself. So what does this mean? So we've got Pluto, Capricorn, end of Pluto, uh, Capricorn going into Aquarius. And really what I'm seeing is holding many of us is a more scorpionic energy. Moment, Mars, Mercury, Sun are all in Scorpio. Scorpio is a different energy. It's let's, let's stay and help. Let's feel, because we're so sensitive as scorpionic individuals, we feel everybody's pain. So if I can just help one more person, if I, if I can just save one more person, and of course, that sort of Capricorn energy will go, yeah, yeah, we're here to save people, rescue people. Yeah, that's my duty. But what's really being emphasized at this time is maybe you're drowning with your desire to help others and your greater help would be actually to let go and find a way of shining a light or being the leader or being the role model for change. And my recent journey to the Azores took me to one of the great calderas, the, the, where the volcano has erupted, and now you've got this lake. In fact, this was a, a triple caldera, and it just so happened that my, I had car trouble. 
and I'm sitting on the bridge between three calderas. I mean, talk about the great mother wanting me to experience something. So here I am sitting in the middle of a volcano and I was there for three hours and so much was happening inside me. And this may be something that's happening for you, that this was a moment of mini chaos for me. But what happened as I'm sitting there, old, old remembrances, old feelings came to the surface. And one of those feelings was that I could feel that I was trying to help people. And I just wanted to save one more person and one more person. And when I was holding on to that one more person in my imagination, suddenly I realized that they, had, they weren't there. This was just my desire to be of service, if that makes sense. It was me creating the need, my need to be needed, my need to feel valuable. And that once I held it, it actually, there was nothing there. And at that point, I saw this amazingly large tsunami wave coming over me. Again, this is all in my imagination, but I had three, three hours to wait for the technicians to come. And I saw this wave coming and I knew this was a wave that had come maybe at a time when these islands had been gone, had gone beneath the oceans, maybe at the end of Atlantis, but it felt like much even earlier than that. And I knew I was reaching up with my arms and I was being taken out and pulled out and, and being told, you can't do any more. You, you need to come with us now. We, you can't save anymore. And then really the thing that you're trying to save is yourself. You want to be valuable. And I wonder if this is meaning anything to any of you. And so the scorpionic energy is often one that says when things are dead or when things have come to an end, the message for the Scorpio is I must try harder. It must be something I'm doing if people aren't changing because the Scorpio energy wants to see change. And it wants to say, I have helped people change. And it might be not something you're even uh, consciously aware of, but you're constantly putting in little pieces of information. If, this, if I could just give this person information, or if I could just do this for them, then they'd change. You understand? And so that need to hold on, to be valuable, to feel that you are contributing to the world or contributing or have a purpose, I think that's what may be coming to an end. It's not to say that you don't have a purpose, but the part of us that's being fed is not necessarily the fact we save them, but the fact that we have value, that we have purpose. That makes sense? So what are we holding on to that is actually pulling us down? which actually is never going to save anybody else because they don't even need saving or want saving. But we now need to recognize the sadness that comes with that because there are, I'm sorry to say, 80% of people who do not want to change. That's not a dis disrespect to them. That's, they do not want to go where you go. And their being there, wherever they are, might be very happy for them. So I'm saying to you is now, once you realize that you aren't going to be able to change the majority, what comes up for you? Does that come bring loneliness? 
does that bring sadness? Does this mean that you have to feel that you are not like other people? Because that's maybe what you have found being hiding from yourself. At least if I'm valuable, I fit in. At least if I'm helpful, I fit in. Maybe this is a time for not fitting in and just hearing the call, responding to the call of your soul that has never fitted in, will never fit in, but actually is waiting for you to return to yourself, become yourself, become the extraordinary being you are, and now expand and be of true service to the universe. So I'm just going to end with a, a short meditation. If this isn't suitable for you, wherever you are, please wait until you can close your eyes. But this is a feeling that maybe there was a part of you that you deserted. You said, I can't come with you now. I am in service to other people. I have a family. I have a job to do. I have money to make. Whatever it is that your story is, Maybe there was a part of you that you let go of. For me, it might have been just my, uh, my spontaneity, my like, yay, let's go, which goes against my more Mars Capricorn energy says, ah, oh, but we've got to be responsible. So what is the part of you that might have been held back or deserted? The wild woman, the free child, the, the excited part of you, the part of you that doesn't care about people. What is the part of you that's been suppressed? And we're just going to do a short meditation to meet that part. So if you're ready, please to close your eyes. And with your eyes closed, just take a few deep breaths, a short breath in, long out breath down through your body. Settling into your body. And the imagery I get is I want to see you in either a bus or a car and you're driving that car or that bus. You can have a, a motorbike if you wish. <laughs> but you've been happily going along the road and but you're realizing that perhaps the road you're on is somewhat limited. And as you're driving along, you see what I'm going to see as a bus stop, a lay-by, whatever you want. But sitting on a chair in that lay-by, that bus stop, is a part of you that you now need to get on board your bus, your car, your bike. So you stop your vehicle. And you see that part of you, and it might be your inner child. It may be a part of you that you found was too noisy or too, too carefree, too different. See it sitting there waiting for you. What's it look like? Maybe it doesn't even look human. It looks too different and you're like, oh, I can't deal with you when I was younger. Ask it its name. 
And if you allow or ask it to come onto your ve- into your vehicle, what can it bring you? What are its special qualities? And it may say to you, if I come on board, you're going to have to ask another part of you, another subpersonality to leave. Is there a part of you that is finished in terms of there's nothing more I can do with this part of me? It's time to get off the bus, out the car. We've had a great life. Now go and have a good holiday. Thank you. If you're ready, and if the other part of you is ready, the part that you had abandoned previously, ask it very humbly that it might join you. May or may not agree. See where it wants to sit. Maybe it wants to become the driver. And as you start up again, you may see that the road you thought was straight and clear has now got many different opportunities coming from it. There are different roads that you could now follow. Move forward. See maybe a new path opening for you. Doesn't need to know where you're going, but you see a difference. And telling yourself and telling this part of you, if you did pick it up and allow it to come with you, that you will not abandon it again. Start to bring your awareness back to the room where you are. And then in your own time to open your eyes. Many are going through tremendous chaos at this time, crisis. It may feel that your world is falling apart, but always understand that the purpose for that is for us to let go of those things that no longer work for us. It's an opportunity. Grasp that opportunity. Respond to that core. And know that you are loved and then whatever move you do to move forward is in universal harmony, responding to a much greater core than ever before. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Tumblr, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.